grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today will be taken from the reading in the Gospel of John where Jesus says, I am the vine. You may be seated. We begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning that you have gathered us here to unite yourself to us and work through us for the glory of your name and the good of this creation. We pray this day, Lord, that as you teach us uh, to be fruitful vines and you use us to be fruitful vines, that we would decrease and that you would increase. Now, Lord, grant us your Holy Spirit so that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. I have, I have lately become quite delighted in a book by C.S. Lewis called The Four Loves. If you've never read that book, I, I can't commend it to you enough. Uh, but there's a particular section in that book that talks about friendship that I wanted to start the sermon off with this morning. because I, I really love uh, this line from Lewis. This is what he says. Every real friendship is a sort of secession, even a rebellion. It may be a rebellion of serious thinkers against claptrap or faddists against accepted good sense, of real artists against popular ugliness, or of charlatans against civilized taste, of good men against the badness of society, or of bad men against its goodness. Friendship, as the ancients saw, can be a school of virtue, but also, as they did not see, a school of vice. I've always loved that quote. I really love that image of sort of friendship being a rebellion against something. There is something truly wonderful and, and joyful in this world when you have a friend, a friend that you know that you stand together with against, uh, for something and even at times that you will stand with against something. But either way, you are standing together. You are united together in where you stand. And this is why I think today the devil gets very nervous when he hears these words to us from Jesus. No one has greater love than this, or love knows nothing greater than this, than that a man would lay down his life for his friend. Jesus says, you are my friend if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my Father. I have made known to you. This is what Jesus is saying today in calling us his friends. He is saying that he has come to lay down his life for us. He laid down his life for you. And in doing this, he forgave all of your sins. He washed you clean in his blood. And he rescued you or he redeemed you from the tyranny of Satan. And in rescuing you from Satan, he has united you to himself. And in this uniting to Jesus, in this friendship with Jesus, you now live in rebellion against the tyranny of the devil. Think about it. There's a time when Jesus says in the scriptures uh, that the devil is the prince of this world. And Jesus is leading a rebellion against Jesus, who is the rightful king of this place, is coming to undo and overthrow the tyranny of the devil. The devil deals in death, the devil deals in sin, and so Jesus has come to undo all of that, and in calling you his friend, what he's saying is, I am uniting you with me, and you are now taking part in the rebellion, and we are fighting against the tyranny of Satan. This is a beautiful image. 
Now, to describe this friendship, Jesus uses another image that we hear today, and this is the final I am of our I am series. Jesus, to describe this friendship, says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Now, before we we get into that metaphor, we need to remind ourselves of where we are at in this series. This is the season of Epiphany, and Epiphany is that time in the year in the church calendar where we remember who Jesus is, or really, we could say it this way, God is introducing himself to us. So we've been going through the various I am statements in the Gospel of John where Jesus is doing two things. He's telling us who he is, and we're finding out that he is God. And he's telling us the sort of God that he is. He describes himself, he says things like this. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in all of these things, Jesus is telling us who he is for us. But today, there's a little bit of a different nuance here. Today, Jesus says, I am the vine. And then he tells us who we are in relation to him. He adds this part. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Abide in me, and you will produce good fruit. You will do good works. This this good fruit, these good works that Jesus uh, produces in us. These are acts of rebellion against the devil. These are the true and the good and the beautiful things that we do in this creation to fight against the tyranny of Satan. And we all know this tyranny. We've all experienced this tyranny. This is what it's like to be under the tyranny of Satan, to know that he wants nothing more than to silence Christ. He wants nothing more than to promote doubt in the promises of God. He wants to create disorder in society. He loves to work in the realm of uncertainty and fear. He loves to cause you to be, again, to be fearful, to dwell in cowardice. The devil loves to set us against each other. The devil loves to deal in isms. He loves sexism and racism, any other sort of ism that comes along and sets one group of people over and against another group of people. The devil loves division. He loves hatred. He loves fear. He will come along and entice you and promise you all sorts of wonderful things, only to to use you and then discard you. He wants you to doubt God's love for you. He wants you to convince you that God doesn't have good plans for you. But instead, he wants to convince you that this life depends entirely on you. So life is now a fight for survival, the survival of the fittest. You do what you can to survive, and you get rid of anybody who stands in your way. The devil wants you to live selfishly and die. That's his goal. Selfish living, ending in death. And Christ, by calling you his friend, has drawn you against all of that. To be a friend with Jesus is to stand against this work of the devil. Where the devil deals in death and narcissism, Jesus gives love and sacrifice. And this work of love is what rebels against and pushes against the darkness and the evil of Satan. And so Jesus says, now, whoever abides in me and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Don't think you can take the devil on on your own. Don't think that you're going to sort of fix the world's problems without Christ or something like this, because it won't work. The devil is too strong for you. He's too uh, powerful for you. He will destroy you unless you are united to Christ. When you are united to Christ, the devil can't touch you. Because he cannot overcome the Lord Jesus. And calling us friends and laying down his life for 
Jesus is uniting us to himself and in this work of undoing the evil and the attacks of the devil. He is the vine, and we are the branches. And Jesus is a very, uh, shall we say, very fruitful vine. He just comes and he just produces love and mercy and grace, and these things just sort of, sort of go out from him. And in this passage today, he's saying, when you're united to me, you will automatically start doing those things. You will not be able to help but produce fruit when you are united to Christ. Because Jesus is so fruitful and being united to him, you just start to produce fruit. And Jesus is spreading this fruit throughout the world. Jesus wants the world to know his love and his joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit. And Jesus says, in being united to me, those are the things that are going to start to be produced in your life. When you're associated with Jesus, when you're friends with Jesus, these are the things that you will start to do. And this makes a lot of sense. Think about this with your own children or, or when you were children. Parents are always very concerned about who their children associate with. There's a Bible verse somewhere that says, you know, bad company produces bad morals and all of this. And so you want your kids to have good friends and not to have bad friends. Because here's the deal with your kids. They start to all look like their friends. They all start to look the same. They start watching the same movies. They start telling the same jokes. Even if they're not good, they start uh, uh, reading the same books, wearing the same clothes, using the same language that you have to wash their mouths out with soap with. Like, they do all the same stuff. Friends start to reflect each other. This is the fruit of friendship, where we all start to kind of uh, uh, emulate one another. So that when you're a friend with Jesus, when you're united to Jesus, you're going to start emulating him. You're going to start finding his work at work in your life. When you're united to Christ, when you're abiding in his word, as the language goes, what starts to happen is you start to reflect Christ. So, for example, you and I, who are sinners, have received from Christ a remarkable gift. The Lord Jesus has seen you in your sin, and he has decided to lay down his life for you, to bleed and die, to wash all of your sins away in his blood so that you stand forgiven. No matter how much you have rebelled against him, no matter how deep, no matter how dark that sin, the Lord Jesus has chosen to forgive you. Now when Christ does that for you, what happens when you start to see others sin against you? You begin to realize that the Lord Jesus is going to work forgiveness through you for them. And though people sin against us, we begin to forgive even as we have been forgiven. Or think about the love that Jesus has. Jesus sees us in our weakness, in our suffering. He sees us in our need, in our sorrow, and he comes to us and he says, a bruised uh, reed I will not break, and a smoldering wick I will not snuff out. Come to me, you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And Jesus invites us to himself and comes to us with mercy and healing and grace, and he strengthens us and empowers us to face the days ahead. When Christ does that for you, and you abide in him, you start to see people around you who are also suffering. You start to see people around you who are also in need, who have pain in their lives, who need love and support, and you begin to pray for them. And you begin to find ways to help them in their trouble. And Christ works through you to produce love for their sake. Or think about today, we're going to come to the altar, and here at the altar, we're going to eat the body of Christ and drink his blood and the bread and the wine. And here, Jesus is once again going to forgive our sins and strengthen us and sustain us. He's going to unite us together with, with each other and with himself. And then so that when you leave here, 
you begin to see people who might be facing loneliness or struggle, people who need to be loved, people who need a friend. And you reach out to them and you invite them to a meal. And you sit down with them and you create a community with them. See, when you're abiding in Christ, when you are united to his word, when you are hearing his word and learning his word, these are the things that start to be produced in our lives. And all this opposes the devil. Now, it's not like this is always easy. To abide in Christ is not always the easiest thing to do. In fact, very often it's going to be painful for us because there's sinful things in our lives that are preventing us from living this life of love, this life of care. And so God has to come along and he has to cut those things off from our lives, those things that are preventing us from producing fruit. And that hurts sometimes. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser and he's going to prune those things out of our lives that prevent us from doing God's will. And that is painful. But then you begin to realize once again that God does this while his son Jesus calls you his friend. And that the purging of this sin from your life part of that wonderful rebellious work against the tyranny of Satan. And that God is doing such things, even when it hurts, to continue to cause us to trust in him and to pray to him and to produce fruit for others. So as we take part in this glorious rebellion against the tyranny of Satan, Jesus gives you this word today. I call you friend. I lay down my life for you. Now I am the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me and you will bear fruit. As we hear the Lord Jesus' word to us in worship, as we learn his word in Bible study, that is, as we abide in him, he will work through us to care for everyone that he has placed in our lives and to undo the work of Satan that is so destructive in this world. He has called you his friend. Prove it, he's left heaven. He's forgiven your sin by dying for you, laying down his life for you, rescuing you from the tyranny of Satan and promising you everlasting life. He is your vine. You are his branches. He has called you his friend. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks that your word abides in us as we hear it and we learn it. And we pray, Lord, that we would abide in you Grant us your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that your fruit would be produced in our lives and others would see your love and they would see your joy and your kindness be rescued from the tyranny of the devil. Keep us faithful to you in all things. Help us to serve you well according to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.